Morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul here on a Wednesday morning, September 27th, and we are walking through the Gospel of Matthew. So what we try to do here during the week, every Monday through Friday for 10 or 15 minutes, is unpack a portion of God's Word. And we're running concurrently with our series through the Gospel of Matthew. And so we look at the passage during the week, the week prior, that we're going to be studying or preaching on that Sunday. And the goal of this, of course, is that we all together learn to become students of the Word, that we're not just receiving theological information or biblical knowledge, but we're getting some of those tools to know how to best study the Word of God for ourselves. So, so this week we're in Matthew chapter 11, and we're looking at uh, verses 1 through 19. So let me read the passage for us, and let's pick back up where we left off yesterday. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Now, as we said yesterday, uh, disciples from John the Baptist have come. John is in prison wondering if Jesus is in fact who he really says he is. Is he in fact the Christ, the anointed, the Messiah? And Jesus provides them an answer. And it's essentially, we looked at this yesterday, you can go back and listen if you didn't hear it, one through six. Ask John to look at what I'm doing, which John already knew what he was doing, but look anew at it and trust me. Trust me that as the Messiah as the anointed, I am ushering in God's kingdom. And although it's not looking like the way John thinks 
it's going to look or that it is um, um, impacting him, John the Baptist, the way that he thought it should be impacting him. Remember, he's sitting in prison. He's never going to get out, by the way. He's going to be martyred that he is to trust me. You were to trust me. And, and that's essentially the essence of, of, the, of this initial introduction. Now, what Jesus then does is takes this um, occasion to talk about John the Baptist in the you know, to the crowd, and in the process, point them towards the critical decision. In other words, he's saying, blessed are those who are not offended by me, who stumble over me. And so John, Jesus is going to give a lesson about this, about stumbling, uh, not stumbling, but instead trusting in Jesus, um, God's Messiah and anointed, uh, regardless of what's happening externally, regardless of what's happening um, through tragedy or suffering or unmet expectations. And he wants to use the, the, the example of John as sort of a, a living illustration. And he asked them, who was it that you went out to see in the wilderness? Uh, did you go out there because you were, um, you had heard that there was, I mean, he uses these examples, um, a reed shaken by the wind, in other words, a weak person. Did you go out there because he thought, you thought he was a, a weak person? Did you go out there because you were going to see royalty, a man dressed in royal clothing? No, you went out there to see a prophet. And in fact, Jesus says, he was a prophet or is a prophet. In fact, he is the greatest prophet to ever, to ever live. And here Jesus quotes from the Old Testament. Now, if you have a study Bible, you can um, look here at verse um, 9. Um, yeah, verse 9. And it might have a little notation to it, which should tell you, okay, when Jesus says, behold, I send a messenger before your face, he, he's quoting something. And in fact, we know he's quoting Malachi 3. He, he's, he's quoting an Old Testament text um, about preparing the way of the Lord. And he is saying this text is fulfilled by John the Baptist. Meaning, okay, John the Baptist is the one preparing and Jesus is the Lord. And that because John has had this great privilege of ushering in and preparing the way for the Messiah, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Okay, But then Jesus says something astounding, something mind-blowing, and it's this that he wants the people to wrestle with. Look at verse 11. He says, Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And that would have taken them up short, right? Because in their minds, um, the kingdom was reserved for the powerful. The kingdom was reserved for the important. The, the, the kingdom was reserved for um, the valiant and the victorious. But here, we now see John the Baptist in jail. What kind, of, what kind of Messiah preparer is that, right? Well, Jesus says, but yet 
This is a pattern for all who want to be a part of my kingdom. It is not the high, the powerful who are going to be a part of my kingdom. It is the low. It is those who are not proud. It is those who are humble. It is those who um, do not go forward in their own strength and power, but who trust in their Messiah, um, who, who lean into their lowliness and humility and aren't violent with their fists, okay? Instead, verse 12, um, they are violent in their spirit. Now, now, this is a hard verse to understand, but I think it gets right at the heart of what Jesus is trying to say here. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, one of the things... I encourage you to be doing is reading in the commentaries in your study Bible about different ways that we might interpret this. But I think the, the essence here is we're not talking about physical violence, okay? We're talking about um, struggle, okay? Um, and that as the kingdom of God is breaking into the world, it faces resistance. It faces opposition as seen by the fact that John is now in prison, as seen by the fact that Jesus is going to be killed himself. That there are, as the kingdom comes, there is a rising up of opposition to the kingdom, okay? So what is needed in order for the kingdom to, to persevere? What, what is needed for people to continue to engage and not lose heart in God's purposes in the kingdom the violent take it by force. So in other words, the, the violence of or the opposition of, of the world, the flesh, the devil to the kingdom of God is overcome by the spiritual opposition of God's people to that opposition, if that makes sense. So, it, so in other words, the kingdom of heaven is not something to sort of be lackadaisically sort of... Um, um, encountered. It, you don't let it come to you. You don't sort of have a passive mindset to this. That's not the nature of faith, right? Faith is active and living and moves forward and is fluid. And so in order to withstand the, the force of the world, the flesh, the devil, there is required a struggle, right? There is required a, a resistance, and this is a faith-filled resistance. It's a faith-filled taking hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of, of us. And isn't it interesting that this is almost always the way that faith is depicted in the New Testament? What does it say? Spur one another on to love and good deeds. Spur. Dig your heels in to the side of that horse. Um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do you see? And so Jesus is telling them, look, John the Baptist is the greatest who've ever lived, but you can be a part of the kingdom too. Just know there is going to be great opposition and it has to be taken on by faith, strong faith in the one who's ushering in the kingdom. And um, that, that, that John has come proclaiming the kingdom. He is the Elijah. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies of Elijah. Um, and then Jesus ends with this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
so there is this there is this call here and i think this is this is the essence of this right jesus is saying look i know the mighty fall and your confidence is shaken in the kingdom of god but the kingdom of god is here you you can see it breaking through but it's a spiritual kingdom it's not a political kingdom it's a it's a kingdom that will only be taken hold of by faith if you if you were what is faith it's being certain of of what we do not see confident in what we hope for it's it's faith is not faith if it can be seen faith is not faith if no faith is required right faith is what it is because because it calls for a leaning to and trust in the hidden purposes of God. And so, so Jesus is bringing um, the people back to this place of saying, the kingdom is not easy. The kingdom is going to experience much opposition. Um, the kingdom is going to grow, but it's going to grow amid great strife. And if you're going to be a part of the kingdom, you must take hold of it by faith. Faith that God is building a spiritual kingdom, not an earthly one. All right, that's our lesson for today. There's so many applications to that, right? Uh, so many places that we have to trust, trust in God's, um, the kingdom he is building. Because things can be crumbling around us, the, the, the country, the world, the, the culture. But yet... God's work is a supernatural work that he's doing in hearts and minds and that he wants to do first in yours. And so take hold of that. All right, Four Oaks, thanks for jumping on board with us. Let me pray. Father, let us trust in you. Let us um, entrust ourselves to the supernatural spiritual process you are working out in the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Yours is a spiritual kingdom, Lord, and we want to trust in that. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.